to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava. Code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase of CBD infused and deliciously rich of DNVR Rockies with as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we have got to discuss a 5-3 to three loss, a rare thing this season for your Colorado Rockies, at the hands of the Seattle Mariners. Unable to secure that sweep, Patrick, despite uh, what turned into a pretty good starting pitching performance from Herman Marquez, uh, a key error from Chris Owings, and uh, some bats that really weren't able to get going, especially in a good start from Mariners uh, starter Justice Sheffield. That pretty much amounted to the Rockies' most kind of solid and sound loss of the season so far. Yeah, for sure. The the Mariners just played a better game overall. And and you're right, if that error hadn't you know sunk the, the seventh inning and pushing three more runs across, then the three runs the Rockies got immediately thereafter in the top of the eighth, is the difference, and Rockies win 3-2, but you can't win every single close game. It's just not how it's going to go out. There's still plenty to, to look towards as the positives, and uh, sure, Marquez is in there for five runs, only two of which were earned. Uh, you know he's, he's capable of much more, but still, even on a day that maybe isn't considered an off day, really just two bad pitches, you could possibly say, you know, he he looked great. So uh, still a lot of positive yeah. stuff. And, and their first interleague loss since opening day against the Texas Rangers, a one nothing affair. Yeah, and like you said, it was even though he was getting settled in, the first pitch of the game that he threw, not a terrible pitch, not a great, but more than Marquez would have liked. You probably won't get that a little more inside or outside one or the other. Uh, but you also don't expect them to be swinging at the very first pitch of the game. Leadoff hitters like to take a little bit unless it's right down the plate. But clearly the Mariners came out in this game with the strategy of we're going to attack his fastball early because we know we can't hit his breaking stuff. And uh, that's what got him there both on that leadoff single and then the two-run jacked more. Not again, not a heavily located 97 mile an hour fastball but if you're gonna throw it up you gotta throw it a little higher than that and if you're gonna throw it out you gotta throw it a little further out than that that said a wall scraper uh barely got out uh, 100 miles an hour off the bat so he definitely hit it hard and, and not where marquez won but also a little bit of bad luck and then he locked it in right after that yeah, I was kind of surprised with the expected batting average on that that ball. It was something like it was over seven uh, seven hundred, but still, as you said, it just kind of barely eked out. And you know, in a different ballpark, you know, that might be one that that goes right up uh, against the wall. And uh, and obviously, you have some you know competent defense out there, and Charlie Blackman who can go up and get it uh, if he needs to. But yeah, you, you like how he bounced back from that, as if there would be you know any issues. You like the um, the way he was able to work together with Diaz who was in there and finally got his second start. Again, two guys from yeah. Venezuela, um, and you hope that that could possibly be a, a nice burgeoning relationship as, you know, mm -hmm. frankly, on, on this team, if if you're looking at the best possible matchup, 
you know, to win a ball game, you may need to set, you may need to go with the, the better bat. You may need to go with the matchup. I think that could be one of the reasons why we haven't seen Tony Walters play. I, I personally, I think there's got to be some kind of nagging. Cold. Yeah, he's been a little cold. And you had two lefties the first two games of the series. Thing. Right. So you say, hey, you know what? Let's just go ahead and, and take the best bat. Uh, these guys will be able to work with anybody, and it was it was a non-issue, and and so again that that's nice to that the the pitchers and and Buddy and and the pitching coaches say you know what it doesn't matter who's behind the plate our guys are going to do their job they don't need you know any kind of soothsayer like like Tony Walters to to be back there and to be the starting pitching whis- whisperer the, our guys can get it done and yeah he he looked really good and, and I and I like that that battery uh, partnership between Diaz and Marquez. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We know, you know, he's got a very close relationship with Walters, but it's not a bad thing to have very close relationships with uh, multiple pitchers on the team and just multiple players throughout. Like, that that's all good chemistry everywhere. Also, uh, good stuff, like you said, recovery from Marquez today, who ended up going seven innings, and the only two earned runs came uh, from the two the first two batters of the game as we talked about all of those ones there uh, in that inning with uh, the key error from Chris Owings. And I, and I will say this, that was the only, cause I was about to say they really, uh, they didn't play a terrible game today. Uh, you do have to tip your cap in this situation. Just as Sheffield pitched a hell of a ball game. He was moving that slider around all over the place. It had all kinds of funky movement. It was starting low in the zone and dipping just underneath it. He really, count like right in the middle of the zone twice David Dahl missed it one time and I, I think Chris Owings missed it another time not in there to um uh for his bat he's in there for his defense which is of course the irony of what happened out there and while you know I see a lot of people on Twitter you know coming for his job and coming for his head and and going right back to the before the season started talking point of why is this guy on the roster instead of Brendan Rodgers, putting aside the fact that Chris Owings bat has helped them win at least three baseball games, uh, including a home run that was legitimately a game winner and that he's made several very, very good defensive plays already this season. This was his first real bad one. And yeah, it was real bad. It it was definitely like even after the bobble to 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 make the throw still and spike it like that so ugly and allow both runners to move up taking the double play uh traditional double play at least out of order for marquez they're like i'm not trying to excuse the play or its importance in the game but you're not gonna see chris owings make a defensive play that bad maybe ever again uh it was just it was unusual and it was unsustainable and while I while I say all of that, I do think we could see, especially you know, we we saw a little bit more of who we expected from Chris Owings at the plate today. That his role will start to diminish here. But he's been playing the hot hand, and you play the hot hand till he cools off. Well, it looks like he's cooling off a little bit. We'll see a little more Garrett Hampson. I almost called him Garrett Atkins. No, Garrett Hampson, and. Um, but yeah, he's still there to come and be a solid defender and base runner late in games. And it, his place on the roster, in my view, is still 100% justifiable. Yeah, and, and he allows you to do a lot more dynamic things, uh, not necessarily in the, the batting lineup, but defensively, 
right? Again, Arenado getting the day off today. We'll see how he comes out. Uh, all nice and charged up for uh, the Diamondback series that's about set to begin on a Monday evening for three games before uh, the Rangers come to town. So, again, by allowing Arenado the day off, boom, he's ready to go and, and hopefully come back from, from his struggles and, and, and take off and, and get back into that MVP race, which everyone believes uh, for him to get back into. But what it also does is it allows some of the other guys on the team to stay comfortable because we know Ryan McMahon plays a capable third base. But do you, do you want Ryan McMahon to play his third position in the week? Or do you want him to stay on that right side of the infield, right? Because he's, he's the team's starting second baseman. All right, well, Murphy needs the day. Keep him over at first base. Again, that perspective on the right side of the infield. Hampson can't play third base. Owings can play second base, but Hampson can't really play third base. He hasn't done it that much. So again, you keep you keep uh, excuse me McMahon comfortable at first base. Hampson's comfortable at second base, and Owings can do a, 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 a you know capable job at third base. Sure, one got away from him. Trevor Story's made four errors this year. It happens, right? It it happens. So, uh, you know, he's got a lot of value. And like you said, Drew, I think the biggest piece is just you ride the hot hand, whoever it is, whether it's expected or not expected, and you keep keep going with it. And so far to this this point, Bud Black has been pushing all the right buttons. So, you know, congratulations for everything Chris Owens has done for this team. He's going to continue to contribute, too. Yeah. You know, I saw something else the other day, too, because I had called out the Rockies' defense, and somebody had corrected me by saying – saying that they were uh, uh, a league in field goal percentage and third in the league in DRS. Now, it's way too early for DRS to hold any meaning whatsoever. And field goal percentage, as we know, is not always the best way to measure a defense. But I will say that contradicted what I had in my head, which was that they had committed an inordinate number of errors, at least for them. You talked about the four for Trevor Story, Arenado had one early. He also had a couple of other plays that, were, while they weren't errors, were not outs that he normally converts into outs. And I, I was looking, I was actually thinking about it and watching baseball across the board. Now, I want to ask Buddy about this, maybe during tomorrow's pregame presser, is uh, something about the summer camp and the lack of traditional preparation for the season leading to more errors out there for everybody because it's been kind of because if the Rockies are the third best and they have committed some of these bad key errors that I feel like man they tighten that up that's I I feel like that's an area of the team that needs to tighten up so the fact that they're third in baseball suggests to me that maybe that's a thing a thing across the game that in this unique season some of the teams that will uh, contend in the long run and, and, and elongate winning streaks and, and continue to you know compete, especially in the middle part of the season, are the teams that tighten up defensively quickest. Yeah, and, and I think some of the timeliness of some of those errors, again, we go back and look and you say, well, if Owings doesn't make that error, the Rockies can very easily win the game 3-2. So it wasn't even that he had made those two errors on the play. It was when it came and what happened after. Same right. thing happened last week with uh, a, a pass ball that got away and moved a runner up to scoring position. And so it's just been a little bit of the timeliness of it, which is coincidental more than anything. But it still does does give you a little pause and say, okay, there's some stuff that, that can be cleaned up, that can be improved upon, um, and, and certainly that, that will as, as this season goes on. Yeah. Rachel's right. Silver lining still half game up on the Dodgers, though. 
They came back. Uh, it looked like they were going to drop another one. You can't ask the Giants to fight too many of your battles for. That's that's not the world that we live in uh, anymore, though. Another solid performance from Colorado's own Kevin Gossman. People have wondered about whether or not he could be an interesting trade target for this team with the Giants not likely to compete for a while with him really finally having some value there. Obviously, the Colorado connection, the potential need for a starter, assuming Ryan Castellani eventually gives up a hit. And so, yeah, uh, you know, not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that, that could be an interesting guy to look at there for the Colorado Rockies because, again, they're in all of these games. You could put this one... We were talking about this, Patrick, yesterday in the, the article I wrote highlighting the three losses. I could very easily just update that piece and put this one in. It looked like I wouldn't be able to. It looked like it was about to go in a very separate category, and they're about to lose five to nothing after the errors. And you were able to say, well, their starter gave up a two-run jack. They committed a bat error. The bats never showed up, and they lost. They got waxed, and that would have been the first time this season you could say that. But then they do make the little run. They do they got the tying run to the plate a couple of times and and really put the rally together. And you do look back at the error and go, mm. now four of their losses, you can point to one play and go, if that flips, the team's undefeated still. So lots of silver linings, but they do have to return home here with their head screwed on straight, with their superstar ready to go and put the these guys who they they really enjoy beating when they can for sure you know anyone that's watched this team in 2019 there there were a lot of games that you would have had to have changed at least three things there were three of those moments where you'd have had to have changed in order to say hey the rockies could have won this game if a b and c no no, we're talking about one thing that would have totally flipped the script on it uh in their four losses so it's obviously you know market improvement and you know, with with the Diamondbacks coming to town, as much as you say, hey, that's pretty nice. They're going to miss Madison Bumgarner in this series. But then you go and look at what Madison Bumgarner has done for Arizona so hit far, off of that, dude. And you say, yeah. wow, he uh, he's not having a very good year. And the same can be said for Robbie Ray, who uh, probably is in line for Monday's uh, start. So. This will be, I don't know that it'll be a test, but it'll be, again, another reminder. They're coming in fresh. That's the other piece, too, is, you know, on this, you see the lineup on Sunday, you know, before the game, and you go, hmm, missing Arenado. Yeah, sure, he's at 185, but you want that star power in your lineup. Daniel Murphy has been hitting incredibly well. He had back-to-back draft king, uh, player of the game, uh, or rather, he was the player of the game, and he was the draft king uh, of the game uh, for one of those two, and, and ultimately, you say, all right, well, I would like to see Tony in the lineup as well. You know, he's been obviously uh, had a market improvement since last year offensively. And you say, well, it's a Sunday lineup. It's a getaway day. So be it. Marquez is on the hill. You, you expect to win those games, but at the same time, the lineup might not entirely reflect that. Um, and and you, you lose the game. It's not as, uh, as a little too much, a little too late said. It's a loss. Not a bad loss, just a loss. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of another point that I really should have put in the poll about what the losses tell you about where this team is and how they contradict the argument that this team is on some hot stretch. And that's another one is that they haven't swept anybody this year. The A's in two games, I've told you before, two-game sweep. It's not a sweep. 
in an actual series of three or four games, they haven't swept anybody yet. They've just won all five of them, uh, despite these these things going against them bouncing back. So again, I feel like that's another solid indication that this is sustainable. If the Rockies were 14 and 0, you'd be going, okay, this, you know, something's really got to give here. As it is, you expect them looking at these pitch matchups, you they should be the favorite to win this series against the Diamondbacks. And you never predict a sweep. We've talked about that before too. It's just you you don't really do that. You take them to win a series and you're right. Robbie Ray coming in and pitching that first game. Now I'm pulling up these the stats right here because I want to make sure I've got this right. Because not only is he not having a, a good start to this season, I believe he has struggled mightily at Coors Field. Yeah, he's given up a batting average of 303 in, at Coors Field in eight games pitched. Where's that ERA at? Where is it? Bring it to me. That That's not a good bet. You know it's going to be high if he's given up a, an 800 OPS uh, at Coors Field. For some can't he, find the And he looked fantastic average. during, during uh, the summer camp. Uh, he's heading into a free agent year, so obviously there's a lot on the line for him. And you got to wonder if there's just something in the water down there in Arizona if both Robbie Ray and Madison Bumgarner are getting shelled in each and every one of their outings that isn't even at Coors Field yet. Um, yeah, it looks like it's a 423, so not quite as bad as I thought it would be, but still uh, not, not uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not coming in with a ton of confidence. He's been tweaking his mechanics early in the year. He's got a, that's not right, a 945 ERA? That's not. <laughs> Is that right this season already? They're having a tough yeah. time there, man. Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I mean, I, I rated, but I didn't think those guys were going to get hammered quite like that. Yeah, it's been rough going for the Diamondbacks. They're uh, they're in the basement, and they've only got six wins, so they're uh, third worst record in the National League right now. They just, you know, haven't they got off to a poor start has really been the issue, and uh, they're playing these interleague games you know, against the Dodgers. Uh, the Padres that they had a series against who played them really well. So a little bit of bad luck, but it's again, so they're starting the season off six and 10, but they were, I think by most accounts, maybe the, the, maybe by a hair, but the team to beat as the second best team in this division. And okay. So a six and 10 run, it's the start of their season, but it's a run that for everything that we talk about, how good the Rockies have been without Nolan Arenado and you go, well, that seems impossible. You you couldn't possibly do that. Well, you could say the same thing about Madison Bumgarner and Robbie Ray. Again, if those guys are really bad, of course the win-loss record is going to reflect that for the Diamondbacks. But you know that those guys are going to figure it out because even in this shortened season, and as, as far back as they are, it's only five and a half games in early to mid-August. So there's plenty left uh, at stake for those guys, especially with there being 16 uh, playoff spots, eight in the National League, so uh, they are by oh, no yeah. means out of it yet. They they are they are coming for Colorado, um, and and looking looking to take the series, no doubt about it. So it's it's going to be a good one starting Monday night. Yeah, the the game I think is sort of the toss up. If you're looking at it, would be Game Two, Zach Gallen versus Kyle Freeland. Gallen's been good 
Uh, lately, he allowed two innings on over six. He allowed two innings? No, he allowed two runs over six innings in his last time out going up against Kyle Freeland in the second game. So he's got a 281 ERA with Kyle Freeland's 241 coming in. Uh, every time we've kind of looked ahead on the schedule and been like, well, that's the one uh, that really should should be the game that they they get it or, or the other team gets me. It doesn't work out that way. But then again, you got to like your chances in that uh, closer on Wednesday, an afternoon game. Luke Weaver goes for the Diamondbacks, and he's only he's on an incredibly short leash. He was only allowed to throw three innings his last time out. He has struggled quite a bit so far this season with a 12-19 ERA. He goes up against Antonio Senzatella, 3-0 with a 2.65 ERA and has held opposing hitters to a 2.27 batting average so far this season. And we've talked about all of the reasons why that is the case, what's working for him. Uh, again, you can't count on it to unfold just like that, but the Rockies should be able to come out of this with another series win. And if so, you can totally shrug off a loss to the Mariners. We're like, eh, could have swept, but yeah, game two, you're right. Going. Yeah, Tuesday night, you're right. That's that's probably the the must win game, right? Where you you like your odds on on Monday and Wednesday. You like your odds, obviously, on Tuesday with Kyle Freeland, but that's the one where you know the the best sure. Diamondback starter to date. You know, Zach Gallen was. You know, a, a top 100 prospect, and um, came over in an interesting trade last summer. Basically, a challenge trade where Diamondback said, "Hey, we got a really fantastic hitter named Jazz Chisholm, great name." Uh, and the Marlins had a great, great young pitcher named Zach Gallen, and they said, "Okay, well, I need we need a little pitching. You need a little hitting." They made the deal, and so far, Gallen, uh, although he's without a win, has a 2.81 ERA, um, and Freeland, you know, is is just underneath that that mark at 2.41, and for everything that we've talked about, Daniel Bard kind of being this, you know, reclamation project and, and the comeback story of the season so far, you have to say Kyle Freeland, uh, especially with one more really solid start, really puts his name back in the mix as far as 2020's comeback player of the year after everything he dealt with last year. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we've talked about the process. It's been good. He's missing barrels at an extraordinary rate. And it's because he's staying out of the middle of the plate. He's employing all of his pitches. He's using them wisely. He's throwing them where he wants. The result of new mechanics and uh, really going through the ringer last year and, and, and learning what he needed to do to get that extra little bit out of himself uh, to get to do exactly what you said there, Patrick, to come back uh, to where to at least, well, right now he is kind of to where he was in 2018 right now, uh, pitching at the, at that level, like really getting the weak balls and not allowing runs and quality start, quality start and finding ways to help his team win ball games. It's, it's been very impressive. Yeah, this will be you know a good test for him because he's saw he's seen the Diamondbacks a lot throughout his careers, had some success, some not so much, and again at Coors Field, he's I'm sure really looking to say, okay, I can I can master this again. He knows he's not going to be able to have uh, a two five ERA at Coors Field. It's was unheard of when he did it. it. It's still that might be one of those unbreakable records. Really, that's that's active right now for yeah. in Rockies franchise history. Uh, but still, you just want to go out and, and be competitive and, and give your chance, 
you know, uh, give your team a chance to win the ball game, much like Marquez did, gave up those two runs in the first and said, okay, that's fine. Let's keep it here. Let's keep it at two and give uh, the offense a, a chance to come back. So uh, they don't get it done today on Sunday. They are sweepless in Seattle, uh, but you can't you can't win a ball. Hey. No, no, you can't. So you can still toast to your team. I can do so with the vanilla porter from Breckenridge Brew. Patrick, of course, constant Strava Craft coffee drinker all time, all day, every day. Mm. Yeah, it's now that been, we've got uh, it, it's now that we've got the cold brew. Quality. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That cold brew down at the bar, very, very, very quality experience. Uh, got to enjoy your Breckenridge brew on a day like today. Still afternoon, yeah. You, your ball club didn't get you a win out there, but Marquez pitched well. Another seven-inning performance. Charlie Blackman. Oh, by the way. One last thing we got to talk about here. The, how do we, we almost got out of here without this, Patrick. Almost walked away from the conversation without even mentioning, actually, our draft king of the game. Because you still got to have okay. one, even in a loss. And really, this should be an honorary draft king of the series for Charlie Blackman. Mm-hmm. Remember to use that promo code DNVR when you download the app, you get a uh, bonus up to a thousand bucks for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But the Draft King of the game, because he got another couple of base hits out there, uh, Drew Walk. I think he, he finally made an out, and it was the third one he made in the series. And it was a harder back up the middle. Even that was impressive from this man. He, he, he's on another level right now. It's just amazing to see him go out there and what he's doing. It, it, it's just, it's really too bad we couldn't give him draft king of the game when we had to give it to Ryan Castellani in game two. So Chuck Nast, more than deserving here uh, for both this game and I would say for the whole series. Yeah, two for three again. Uh, so another multi-hit performance, 13-game hit streak, second longest streak active in the bigs right now, only Donovan Solano. Yes, that Donovan Solano uh, of the Giants. He continued his streak at 14. So, you know, by the time that Dodgers series hits in two weeks, you know, he's going to be in the 20s. So it'll be uh, interesting to, to, to keep him hot. And he's, he's been fantastic. He would, uh, he would look amazing with a crown atop his head, you know, coming out of Game of Thrones. Game of Thronesian. Does he have a Game of Thrones bobblehead yet? He needs to. He should have had one at least at some point. I, as seriously, it's it's incredibly disappointing that he hasn't. We did a, a Game of Thrones, did an article several years ago talking to all the guys who were into Game of Thrones at the time, and uh, we got somebody who actually ended up doing social media for a while. Tony, shout-outs if you're listening. Uh, great guy. Um, did a little graphic for us and uh, put Charlie Blackman into some Game of Thrones gear. Nolan Arenado as well. We were using that as a graphic for a. Uh, King in the clutch when he had, and he's got that Jon Snow appearance. So we got to bring that back. It's too bad people are, were so mad about how Game of Thrones ended that nobody's allowed to talk about it anymore. Otherwise, I would have constant Game of Thrones references on this. But sometimes yeah, that, culture just cancels you out and you're done. Yeah, that goes down as, as one of the worst enders. That and Dexter, which was a series that I know a lot of people, I don't know if you ever saw that Showtime series where. He's basically a serial killer with morals. 
and then you get to the end and you know so many people just love that series and it was fantastic and then it ends and you just go that that was, that was stupid yeah. it, you know and um people give seinfeld a lot of crap for how that ended but it, it fits seinfeld in with the whole series right. it was good yeah. it yeah. was just it was just over it was just over pumped up you go back and you watch it now and you go that was that was fantastic that was there's yeah. no perfect way to end it there was no you know elaine rips her mask off and you find out that it was George right. the whole time, and George had a twin brother. And like, what? What? Right. Oh, that was that really caught me by surprise. It's a comedy. It's a sitcom. Right. What do you expect? They they tied like it the up really well. Sopranos. Did you, I don't know if you were a Sopranos guy, and that yes. was very controversial. I loved it. Show and oh, okay, I, you I've, were into it. I yeah. was watching at the time. Uh, as I don't know if I've mentioned this, I'm from New Jersey, so That's that nice. was kind of it's uh, kind of you know appointment viewing there, and when that happened, of course in everyone's household across the world who was watching it live goes, wait, what's going, what's wrong with my television? What, how does this end? It just went black. And I'm like, and if they waited long enough, I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. This show's a little artsy and the music played and, and I then, go, nope, that was intentional. No, no, I think it cut out. That was intentional. It's brilliant. Yeah, it was great. That was a good ending. Good stuff. I remember actually, uh, for for people that don't watch professional wrestling and wonder why we <laughs> talk about it and are always into it, one of the best arguments I ever heard for its storytelling, uh, I think it was Triple H, on some talking about that exact thing. Like if you hate the ending to like WrestleMania, whatever, like just tune into Monday Night Raw the next night because it never actually ends, and so some something else might come up. And then you're back into it, right? There's always a chance for redemption where when something like Game of Thrones ends and you're like, man, and now I just don't even get, and there's nothing to, to bring it back and, and, and make it better like any of these other things. You got to nail it. But that, that is one of the things about wrestling and I think professional sports. It's kind of the same thing, right? Like you have a crap year like 2019 and you don't just stop being a Rockies fan. You go, well... And even if you hated this offseason and you still kept listening to this podcast and reading articles and hanging out and talking to us on Twitter and stuff, and it's because you're like, well, there's going to be a next chapter. And we don't know for sure what the next chapter is going to be. So let's tune in. Find out. Yeah, the, the parallels with, with the Marvel movies and, and, and sequels kind of fits in where the offseason comes and you're you're reading some of the, the the dirt sheets if you will and you see the trailer and you want to see something new and exciting and you're like i didn't see the thing i wanted to see you're like you you added daniel murphy it's like no we wanted storm we wanted storm to be in this one why <laughs> where's storm right we don't want daniel murphy right um and but then you go and you watch the movie and you go that's that's pretty damn good and right now the right the rockies are a great film to watch every night I don't know if you did that on purpose, but you also totally nailed that specific reference. I I, I don't really? know if you yeah I did yeah. not. Uh, I, I, I had to come like, up with somebody. I, I had to come up with like a mid tier. I had to I had to yeah. find like a, a mid tier superhero. And I'm like, oh, let me think of somebody. I don't know. I haven't heard Storm in a while. Boom through. Could have gone a Jubilee. Maybe could have gone that route. Um, Any of the X Men. Really, the big yeah. thing is that we've had thirty something massive Marvel. <laughs> Avengers movies and because of a stupid dispute be between Sony and, and Disney and Marvel and all these people for a long time that's finally been worked out oh. um, but it hadn't been for such a long time people are bouncing as well they should <laughs> we're like this isn't about baseball anymore we're gonna wrap it up here but for the 10 nerds hanging out with us 
as I finish this point. Yeah, so they haven't been able to have the X-Men in the MCU, and that's part of the reason why after, you know, they've had 30 of these movies, and people are like, what can they even do? It's like, ooh, ooh, wait till the X-Men get to hang out with the Avengers. Boy, are you folks in for a good time. So that was funny that you pulled that one. I was like, well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So sometimes you run into one. You know what I mean? You got to show up every day to play. Yeah. It's, I, my, my, my best friend loved wrestling and loved soap operas. And I think soap operas are a lot like wrestling, like kind of like you said, if you don't like the ending of the pay-per-view, tune in Monday the next day and it kind of starts all over again. And it's, it's no. the same thing with soap operas where there's people out there you know, that are listening now going like, oh my God. My grandmother or my aunt or whatever it is has been they've been watching General Hospital or all my children for, for thirty like, plus years. Yeah, right. I watched it when I was young too. There was a time where I had a stretch watching all my children and Erica Kane. Yeah, I'm dropping a a, a Susan Lucci reference there for anyone. Wow. I try to stay I try to stay well rounded. So Lala Lucci there, uh Regis Philbin shout out. Um but yeah, it's it does make you think like soap opera state if if soap operas were a much bigger thing in our society now, I would imagine that they would have they'd make movies too, like wrestling. How they build towards pay per views, you could do that. Where <laughs> tune into you know uh, General <laughs> like, Hospital Sunday night eight o'clock. You got to buy the pay per view for twenty bucks. It picks up where you know, the television series ended off on Friday, and uh, you could do some interesting things with that. But we like drama. We like good stories, and you know what? They can come in all shapes and forms and comic books which you know if you like the movies of of marvel and, and dc and all that like that's really scratching the surface get into the comics and it, it'll blow your mind away with what's going on there and it's it's fantastic yeah yeah absolutely all right i think we have thoroughly nerded out at the end of this podcast <laughs> 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 uh, gotta, let's finish it out on this comment from a little too much a little too no. late again I wait for the NVR Rockies pod like it's a soap opera today's star Patrick's guns look at those things look at no, those I gotta keep them sheathed I gotta keep them sheathed, keep them sheathed. The, sun is, the sun is out too much so you, you know what happens with that I do I'm, 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 I don't know if you've seen my skin, but I am very familiar with what can happen there. All right. Oh, I'm bronze. I'm bronze compared to what I normally oh. am. It's a Jersey thing, right? Isn't that where you're yeah. from? I've heard that. All right. Thanks, everyone, especially to those of you who stuck around through whatever that was. This has been a lot of fun, despite the fact that the Colorado Rockies lost today you still got some quality baseball out there you still have a good team tune in tomorrow and watch and we will be right here along with you for the ride so make sure that you're following us on all the social media at patrick d lyons at drew creaseman at dnvr underscore rockies make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com and you get yourself some cool merch like wearing we got a mask so that you can be safe while also looking super cool. We got new Rocky shirts, two of them, the Laker Hall of Fame shirt and the Colorado Rakes shirt. We got to put out a debate on Twitter to find out which is your favorite because both of those designs are straight fire. All right. Thank you all for tuning in today. Remain absolutely. 
system out there, we will remain absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.